Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We've only just begun to live White lace and promises A kiss for luck and we're on our way We've only begun Before the rising sun we fly And welcome that is the music of the Carpenters. What is it about their sound, their music, that still haunts us all these years later? Well, joining us today is Mike Lennox. Mike Lennox has been a nationally syndicated journalist for nearly 40 years and currently serves as a senior entertainment reporter for the Associated Press. He, along with longtime Carpenter expert, Chris May, have a new book out, Carpenter's The Musical Legacy, an inside look into one of the most popular duos of the 70s. And I have to ask you right off the bat, what is it about this group, Mike, that people are still fascinated by? Uh, The simple answer is her voice, uh, some great songs, uh, his arranging, conducting, uh, and uh, his ability to sort of put everything together, primarily um, what his sister could do and what he could do, and together uh, they made magic on occasion. Yes, they on really did. <laughs> on many occasions. So tell me the story behind the behind-the-scenes story about this, this group, because they were obviously very... He, he has shared there were demons that he struggled with, and obviously Karen and everyone knows her tragic ending um, from bulimia. Um, what was it? How did they start? Tell us the story, the backstory of them. Uh, the, the backstory is uh, sort of straight ahead. Uh, neither of them were prodigies. Uh, they grew up in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, uh, the one thing that uh, brought them to music was their father's record collection. They loved listening to records and to radio. Um, and that was the thing. Uh, uh, but, um, uh, she did not really sort of come to terms with the fact that she was a singer until she was almost 17. Um, and he was, even though he went to the Yale school of music, he was no uh, piano prodigy. Uh, he was resistant until probably maybe age 13, 14. So, you know, while they loved music, um, they really weren't um, sort of into the musical groove together until their teens. Um, uh, their story is Richard 
played primarily uh, for the money, uh, not necessarily for the love in the beginning. As as uh, as someone who uh, helped to bring money into their household, uh, I would say that they were in the middle to lower middle class range. The parents washed cards to keep a roof over their head. Um, they were not well healed. Um, uh, along the way, Richard got better and better at the piano. Mom said, I hate living in the cold in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, uh, Dad got a job offer in Downey, California. They moved to Downey. Richard kept playing. Little sister came tagged along. One thing led to another, and they finally ended up with a contract at A&M Records. And uh, within a year and a half, of signing that contract, they were at number one, close to you. And now you know the rest of the story. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So how many hits did they have? They had quite a few, didn't they? They did. Um, it's uh, the, bulk, the bulk of hits uh, came between 1970 and 1975. Um, uh, and if you, I mean, if you sum up if you saw the actual counter record, it's difficult because some songs that were that were big hits in the U.S. Um, didn't succeed say, in, in the U.K. Uh, one example is "We've Only Just Begun." It's hard to isn't it hard to believe that that uh, that that song was not a hit in the United Kingdom, even though close to no, it was. I, it just find blocked. It hard. It's yeah, impossible crazy. to believe it. Um, and but you have to remember, it was literally a year after Woodstock. And that sort of soft, sweet sound, um, especially coming out of a woman, uh, was, you know, sort of was not the thing. If you look at the charts, uh, rock was starting to pervade. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's very weird. So the count is, um, and nobody really knows because it's all fuzzy math, to quote um, the former president. Um, they, they sold about 120 million records. Uh, the, the way to sort of... Um, you know, count their popularity is that they were the number one American-born artist uh, of the 1970s in terms of, of the Billboard Hot 100. That's a huge achievement. Um, we're, you know, we're talking about a dozen hits. Uh, most of them were certified gold, uh, which was either 500,000 or a million copies, uh, depending on the time. Uh, and uh, they sold about 120 million to 300 million units that's how weird the accounting is between then and now now they know um but uh, back then you know it all went up in the fires you know it's really hard to tell even richard can't tell you how many copies things really sold so crazy all right who did the writing for their songs everybody um uh it, it, so they would I mean, Close to You was written by, by Burt Becker, Kel David. We've Only Just Begun was written by Paul Williams, Roger Nichols. Um, uh, it's, uh, a lot of people think that Richard and his co-writer, Richard, wrote all the songs. Richard actually only wrote um, four of their top 25 hits. Um, most of their songs came from other sources, which made it very, very challenging uh, because Richard was forced quickly to dig um close to you bang biggest hit single of of the summer of 1970 but it was the way richard yeah. i I, yeah. Re I read about this and richard said it was the way that he arranged it and added Absolutely. certain nuances to the song that made it because it had been recorded by so many other people before 
Absolutely. He, like, he knew he, he could hear, uh, he could hear a song and, and let's, let, let's pick one. Let's, uh, let's pick a, a popular one, superstar. Um, so, uh, a lot of people don't even know what superstar is. It's one that goes, don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? It's, 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 it, yeah. the, the word yeah. superstar never appears in the song, but it's, it, it is their actually most enduring song. It's the one that hooks young listeners, um, in today. Anyway, the point is, is that, it was recorded a lot of different ways. Um, Bette Midler sang it as a tort song, um, really torchy, like she could have been singing it in the, you know, two o'clock in the morning in a bar. Um, Rita Coolidge sang it on the Mad Dogs and Englishman album, and she sang it sort of similar. That's right. Um, but yeah. Richard heard it. He heard it as it would work for Karen, and quite frankly, as it would work for Karen, it would work for the public. Um, and you know, Richard uh, puts it this way. Um, you know, it's we 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 the tr- people try to say, oh, you were a rock band or you were a soft rock band or this. He's like, we 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 were a pop band, and our goal was to be popular. Um, and um, and the you know they didn't make records necessarily to sell them, but Karen and Richard had a connection with with the masses, um, and uh, they both and it probably came from listening to Top Forty Radio, what would become Top Forty Radio from kids. You know, I was so shocked because Herb Albert was the first one that realized they were going to be big. He had an ear for them. And, I mean, I find that even amazing. And the fact that Richard Chamberlain, by the way, was the first one that recorded Close to You. Oh, yeah. And, um, and, and I forgot that from Close to painful. Those, Yeah, yeah. Painful. And, and Dionne Warwick also attempted to, to sing it as well. But I, I, I think it's fascinating that Herb Albert, um, you know, liked liked that that duo so much. Yeah, although you know, it's you know, Herb and Herb is one of the very few people who is not Richard, uh, uh, who is interviewed in the book. Um, and the the, the book is it, it's this weird fusion, and you've seen it. Um, it's this weird fusion of sort of reference book. And, and memoir of Richard, uh, he's the primary voice. We wanted him to be able to speak finally. But Herb Alpert is interviewed, and he talks about um, signing them on. Um, he signed them on six months after Woodstock. Um, people around him went, are you out of your mind? Uh, the last thing we need are, you know, two, you know, fresh scrub kids from, yeah, the, yeah. from the burbs. Um, hey, he we have to take it. Right. We have to take a quick break. Give us the, the, the title and where people can get the book and your website, please, as we go to break. We'll be right back. Go ahead. Uh, it is Carpenter's The Musical Legacy. Uh, you can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever great uh, booksellers may be, your favorite local store. Uh, and the website is uh, P-A-P-R-E-S-S dot com. And we'll be back with Mike Lennox in just a moment. This is Frankie Boyer, BizTalk Radio. Stay tuned. Welcome back. It's Frankie Boyer, Biz Talk Radio. I almost forgot. I was listening. I almost forgot to to say who I was and where we are because I just love that song so much. That's the song that Mike Lennox was referring to. 
we're we're talking about his new book he co-authored called Carpenters: The Musical Legacy. Hey, how did they get their name, Mike? Yeah, um, uh, of course it's not the Carpenters. It's Carpenters. Uh, they uh, and every, everybody still gets it wrong. They call them. Uh, they use the article the. Um, and much to Richard's chagrin, he kicks himself for doing it. Uh, and uh, it all happened because of a logo that was designed for their second, their third album, uh, which just simply has that beautiful stylized carpenter's type. Uh, and so he, uh, but before that, he even said, you know, we, we didn't want to be the Beatles. We didn't want to be the Monkees. Uh, uh, you know, all these family bands had the before them. Uh, or family type bands. Uh, he, he said the cool bands were like Buffalo Springfield and you know, Jefferson Airplane, and, and those really were 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 his big influences. Um, bands like that, and so uh, out went the the and Carpenters came in, and it never really kind of stuck. It'll be, I think, it will be the Carpenters uh, long after we are gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, rainy days and Mondays. Who doesn't love that song? Oh, and her her vocal on it is killer. I mean, she's first of all, you know, if you listen to, to the lyric, it's uh, it, it's it's it sounds like it should be sung by somebody who's seventy. Um, it's, it's, it's talking to myself and feeling old is the is the opening lyric, uh, and and you buy it. She was twenty one years old when she sang that when she sang that Gosh. lyric. Uh, she recorded it. This this girl was an old soul. I mean, she she um, she also you know could have fun with stuff. I mean, listen listen to their version of Please, Mister Postman. Um, you know who who improves upon a Motown classic, but they did. Oh, I know uh, it. That's a really, and the, the production on uh, the production on their Postman is great. In fact, it's hard to believe that their Postman is the biggest uh, their biggest selling record worldwide, which is shocking. Um, but uh, but but back to Rainy Days and Mondays. It's just it, it's a it's a really incredibly deep deep rich song and, and it shows uh, you know the carpenter's ability to, to sort of get deep and get serious and if you listen to their lyrics i mean just listen to the range of we've only just begun which is the most optimistic wedding song ever we've only just begun white lace and promises it's going to be great their next single was a song called for all we know um huge huge academy award winner went to number three it's a beautiful record song. it's the most pessimistic song um, yes. about marriage ever, you know, and love may grow for all we know. What From one single to the next, you go from that, and that really shows their range. It was really quite something. Um, when they were in the middle of this whole thing, and uh, well, their first hit was Ticket to Ride. Yeah. And were they, uh, Richard helped you with this book, and he was very much involved in, in this book, correct? Yes, absolutely. What was it like working with him? Um, the short form is uh, uh, complicated. Um, uh, you know, as a reporter for the AP, um, I there was no way I was going to gild the lily. Um, and you know, I always get worried when I buy books and I see the word authorized. We don't use that here. Um, uh, the publisher does, but I don't, uh, you know, we made a deal with Richard and we said, you know, uh, we want you to tell your story, but, uh, but it has to be sort of bang on. Now, of course, there are things he was willing to get into deeper and, uh, other things that he really didn't want to get 
too deep into. Uh, to answer your question, um, ultimately it was a gift because all those, all those great behind-the-scenes stories, um, there's one story about how the day that, the, that they found out close to you was a smash hit, and Karen and Richard were in one car, and Doug Sims was in another car. They were driving down a freeway in Los Angeles, and they heard close to you on the radio and, and captured that moment. And, and uh, they both have close views playing on both cars, the tops are down, and they're at a light or something. And they realize it's on two different stations at the same time. And oh, Richard turns, turns to me and tells the story and he says, you know, it's one thing when you're number one. It's one thing when you're on the biggest station in L.A., but it's another thing when you're on the number one and number two stations in L.A. Yeah. at yeah. the same time. Uh, and it was, and when he told the story, I wanted to make sure as a writer that the readers felt the chills that we felt. And, of and that's the advantage of working with somebody who's still alive and can share those stories. But, but to, to his credit, he held very, very little back. And especially about himself, he gets really, really deep into his own, uh, especially the, the situation with, the, with Quaaludes. Richard uh, started innocently taking one because he was having a hard time sleeping and has happened. Uh, over the years, one doesn't work anymore. And, and that's what happened to him, and he ended up in rehab. Is that why he was not aware of, of Karen's issues with food? Were they aware, or did they? I mean, yeah. tell us that story, yeah. that part of the story, because that's the haunting piece of how this brilliant voice, this young, magnificent woman, could fade away from us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the family was aware he was aware of nobody knew what it was called nobody had a cure certainly not the medical community uh it was early people um, people didn't know what anorexia was um and uh, it was one of those situations where they they urged her to to eat more i mean from as early as late 1974 when she was starting to when it started to really she was starting to get sick um, and then by 75, they were starting to having to cancel shows and stuff. Um, they were urging her, but, but they didn't know exactly what to do. Um, his issue with the, the, the sleeping pills really didn't kick in until a little later. You know, the numbers of pills uh, uh, didn't sort of hit things. Um, did that stop him from helping her? I don't think so. Um, you know, the, the family was urging her, friends were urging her, um, you know, everyone from Olivia Newton-John, who was one of her best buddies to, you know, to her mother, uh, they were urging her. It's, it's a very complicated thing. Psychological problems are really problematic. Yes. Of course, you know, we're talking about that and, and, um, and I, you know, I totally get you asking as a reporter, I would have asked too. Um, but you know that the reason we did the book was, was, um, and, 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 and we address it too, for exactly the reasons you're, you're asking was because we just got so sick and tired of every carpenter story dwelling on that. And you're not, uh, but it's one of those things where I'm sure you understand. Um, we, we just got sick of hearing yesterday once more yeah, and feeling yes, sad yes, yes. that she was dead. Uh, and, well, and uh, I, I remember when that sad. record came out and just feeling the joy. Yes, I agree. This has been a delight. Oh, I'm, I'm so pleased that you wrote this book and gave us an inside look into really one of the most popular duos of the seventies, their music still to this day. It's transformed. It's still it's still going at it. And how fabulous for them. 
Thank you so much, and congratulations on the new book. Give us the thanks. website and all the goodies. Well, thanks thanks for you and your obvious interest in Happy Holidays. Uh, and the book is called Carpenters, The Musical Legacy. Uh, you can get a discount for 29 bucks. It's a, it's a great holiday. Thank, Thank you so much, Mike. Mike Lennox will be back in a moment. Frankie Boyer, Biz Talk Radio. Every time you are near Just like me They long to be close to you why do stars fall down from Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back. It's Frankie Boyer, BizTalk Radio. So I we were just talking off air with J.O., who is our next guest, and his new book, which will be out, in, a revised edition will be out very soon, It's but the present one is Maximize Your Medicare. And we asked him what his favorite group was. Ironically, he said the Carpenters, so we just went with that. So that was your, when you were very little, that was the first concert that you went to, Jay. When I was a small child, absolutely. I love the song Top of the World. And oh, yes. Incredibly, that was the Carpenters. My parents took me to a concert when I was just a small child. So I of love that, that story. Very... Yeah, that's great. That's so great. But I wanted you back because I, I have to say, Jay, that we are so stupid when it comes to Medicare. I'm not kidding. We just, we are so stupid. And I say that with love. I don't, I'm not saying it in a pejorative way. I'm saying it in a loving way because we as Americans are not aware of the benefits. If you are 65, if you're 62 and you're listening to this, then you need to listen up. If you're younger, you need to be aware of what we're talking about so that when you get older, you will understand that there's more benefits and more information than you could possibly imagine that you're not taking advantage of. And before we get into all of that, I just want people to understand your background because Jay, you are, you, you have an MBA, you have so many degrees, you're managing principle of GH2 benefits LLC. You're chairman of Great Humanity Healthcare Foundation, which is a 501 tax-exempt organization. You you understand you understand the importance of educating us about Medicare because we are not getting this information, and we see commercials. Do you know if you have the right plan? Do you know, are you updated? And how do you know what the real deal is? How do you know what's not? What's a scam? 
there are so many questions when it comes to Medicare. People say, oh, I can't change. Well, you are allowed to change insurances. And so all of that. So give us some of the basics that we need to understand, please. Well, Frankie, I think that the number one reason that I wrote the book is that people misunderstand the tremendous flexibility, rights, and options that the system provides to everyone, irrespective of your location, irrespective of your financial situation, irrespective of your health situation. And as many people understand, do understand, that failing health can lead to bills, which can threaten your retirement savings, and it does not matter what your household net worth or circumstance would be. It is the great thing about Medicare, which is that since it applies to all equally, everyone has their equal access to the most efficient fitting configuration if they understand the rules and the benefits. And it has not mattered, to be candid with you. I've spoken at groups where the persons are very highly educated. I've spoken to persons in local senior centers where people go to for the free lunch. And the reality is it has not mattered that the people's under basic understanding about Medicare has been flawed and leaving lots of either money or benefits on the table that they could have accessed if they understood how the system worked. And from there, the book and from there, you know, you've been so good about including me in your broadcast. Well, because I, I understand that that there's sure. no information. There's not a place, a source that where someone really cares about what happens as we get older it, it is a, and sure about our benefits and about our benefits and our rights. You know, we talk about the IRS all the time on this show. We have, you know, a, a, an expert, a litigator for the people, a CPA and right. a lawyer. And she talks about your basic rights that we have with the IRS. We have a bill of rights. We don't understand Medicare. We don't understand what we're allowed to do. We don't understand what benefits we're leaving, as you say, on the table. First of all, give us a quick history of when Medicare came about and, and how long has it been around and all of those things. Well, it came around at the end of, of you know, once the Social Security kicked in and then you started getting the entire social programs of Medicare. So that was included in it. And on top of it has been a funding part from taxes, as well as partially from people's contributions that are charged a monthly premium. From there, you have the demographic reality to today, where there are over 60 million, we're going to approach 65 million people on Medicare in the United States. 65 million. <laughs> that, that's crazy. That's, that's number. a number that's going to be hit very, very shortly because 10,000 people a day still are turning 65 and that will continue to last for another decade. So as a result, there's no way to avoid kind of the fact that Medicare is going to be a central part of aging gracefully, no matter what your location, no matter your health situation, your financial resources. That said, like what you said, I totally agree with, which is that there doesn't seem to be, and I'm, 
partially guilty of that in that sense, which is that there are fragments of information in the, out there, commercials, YouTube, even this fragment, for example, and people end up taking one soundbite as if that's the comp complete solution. I can't agree with that because that's why I wrote the book, which is a kind of a consolidated overall approach on, we know that Frankie may face some certain situations, but her twin sister located a county away, a state away, a time zone away, could have an entirely different set of circumstances leading to an entirely different, most appropriate approach. And so the yes. book is there to say, here are some things that via a long list of number of factors. And as a result, one size just can't fit all, which is the challenge, this is, of course. That's the challenge. So That is a challenge. The book is called Maximize Your Medicare, Quality for Benefits, Qualify for Benefits, Protect Your Health, and Minimize Your Costs. And the book is such an important book. I mean, and the website, by the way, is MaximizeYourMedicare.com. So let's go through this book. You want us to understand that you may be sitting with benefits that you never took advantage of that are just waiting there. I, I know that there are certain benefits for um, health clubs and you, lots of little things. And how do we know? How do we know? Because the insurance carriers, it's really hard to get information from them, quite honestly. <laughs> I'm just right. being honest. It really is hard. It just is. It is difficult, Frankie. I totally agree with that. And But there is reason, which is that a health insurance carrier is not going to tell you an intentional untruth. That said, it's not necessarily the information required to differentiate plan number five compared to plan number 43 in your particular location. And the reason is the Carriers are not allowed to blatantly say, we're better than plan number 43. That is disallowed as a result of federal rules as far as advertising and marketing. So as a result of that, that leaves you in a spot where you're given correct information, but it's not really the information that you may need in order to be able to tell the difference between plan five and plan 43 just as a yes. simple example. That does make it challenging for the consumer. It is why, while the book, I'm pretty very, very careful to say, here are a number of things that you should consider. It is also equally careful to say, the idea that someone would do this unassisted is one that I don't prescribe to. That said, I know that not everyone is going to call Jay. So it's still better for people, the general population, to have the correct information. That has been I, my goal. I, I so agree. I so agree. We've got to take a quick break. But when we come back, we have a lot more. Give us the website of how people can get Maximize Your Medicare. So absolutely, like you were nicely pointed out, MaximizeYourMedicare.com is full of resources and information about the book. It's also 
with links to videos, podcasts, etc. A number of different resources where you can hear my consolidated we'll be, set of messages. Wonderful. Regard- and we'll be right back with J.O. I'm Frankie Boyer, Biz Talk with you. got the sun in my eyes and I won't be surprised if it's a dream. Top of the world, looking down on creation and the only explanation I can find. Welcome back, Frankie Boyer, Biz Talk Radio. J.O. is back with us today. Maximize Your Medicare is his new book, and he updates this book. And I just want to read a quote because this this is such a great quote. A professor of retirement income at the American College wrote that, an author of retirement planning guidebook wrote, J.O.'s Maximize Your Medicare is the best book I've read on understanding all of the Medicare options and how Medicare intersects with other health insurance options. And he provides frequent updates so that new readers have the most up-to-date information about the constantly changing world of Medicare. And you can believe you, you can believe us when we say that it is constantly changing. People are frequently confused. People are fearful of penalties and, and they have a right to be, because if you miss that, if you miss that boat at a certain age, at a certain birthday, Jay, you're not eligible, correct? There, what happens is if you do not enroll within the correct enrollment windows, you would have to wait until a particular period. And during that period, a late enrollment penalty is accreting. The government is keeping track. And if you incur these penalties, they never expire throughout your lifetime. So, so if someone result, is saying, so give me, let's use this example. So someone has insurance from their husband and they turn 65 and they never bothered getting the Medicare because they have, you know, their own insurance or their husband's insurance or whatever. That's a big mistake, isn't it? Explain why. So first of all, this person, a spouse of a full-time employee, they can delay, but only if at a large employer. So now you've got a number of technical rules, which are very important because the spouse in that example at a large employer can delay without a late enrollment penalty. So the book is there to say you can delay. Then the question is, is that wise? Because you would probably know or you can easily hear that an employer sponsor plan could have a $5,000 deductible, a $10,000 out of pocket maximum. Well, Medicare's deductible for original Medicare is going to be $230. And then in addition to that, there's going to be far better options in the private market than in most group employer sponsored plans. People just don't know this. So as a result, they coast along without this knowledge. And then to find out they've overpaid, double paid, or bought insurance, which is inferior for benefits that that person may have desperately needed, all of which was possible and accessible if they understood what was available. This is a very, very common thing 
especially in a yes. world where people are working beyond 65. I don't think that's a trend that we're going to unwant, undo anytime soon. No, I don't think I don't think so either. No, 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 I don't think right. so. <laughs> right. So while people while people are concerned about healthcare costs as they age, mm. you write in your book that you can find a Medicare solution to fit your budget, limit healthcare costs, which allow you to age gracefully, and you will find all of that and maximize your Medicare. And I just don't understand. This is a no-brainer to pick up this book because you wouldn't walk by $1,200 on the ground. You wouldn't walk by. If you saw $1,200 on the street, you wouldn't walk by it. You would pick it up. Now, literally this morning, to give you an, a, a very extreme example, a business owner call, called me, 71 years old, stayed on his employer plan, of which his company paid, paid for because he's the, a partial owner. The reality is this person, he now understands today, this morning, that he is overpaid by approximately $600 a month for six years for inferior coverage, simply wow. because he did not understand how robust yes. Medicare wow. would have been. That's crazy. Do that math by, by six Correct. years. So $7,000 for six years. Now, I can't put us into the time capsule, unfortunately, and I hated to be the bearer of bad news, but he understood my point. He did not take it personally. But this is, this is happening everywhere where there are small businesses, there are employees of small business, for example. There can even be employees of large businesses because if the deductibles and the coverage can be notably inferior at higher prices compared to the med the private Medicare market, if people understand they should at least take a look, even if they have an employer plan or a retiree health benefits plan. I, in fact, I devote multiple chapters in Maximize Your Medicare towards this very end because like in this business owner, that is $40,000 that he cannot get back. We cannot go back to the time machine. And during right. that period, he had weaker coverage than he would have otherwise had. This is happening. Uh, crazy. And and you're also saying that it's constantly changing. Um, mm. what's, what's the latest with dental and vision and hearing right now? So that failed uh, quite unexpectedly, perhaps that failed to be enacted inside of original Medicare. So as a result, there, it continues to be a challenge inside of certain Medicare Advantage plans are embedded preventative dental and vision, most Medicare Advantage plans. In addition to that, there are enhanced options, but you must be a Medicare Advantage policy owner. But those still may make financial sense for a person if that is their largest source of financial bills for healthcare, someone with very excellent health other than dental, for example, and that can be a very large concern. And people will know that can be 
many thousands of dollars. Overwhelming. Absolutely. We are almost out of time. Give us the website. I'm telling you all, you need this book, Maximize Your Medicare. J.O., thank you so much. Give it's the my website. Privilege, Frankie, thank you so much for having me. And it's MaximizeYourMedicare.com? That is correct. The book is available wherever books are sold, Amazon, everywhere. Go to the website, get all the benefits. Check it out. Thank you so much, J.O., and thank all of you. This has been another edition of the Frankie Boyer Show for BizTalk Radio. Thanks for listening. Make it a great day, everybody. And as always, smile. See you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.